You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. We're going to have a couple of moms um, uh, sharing for communion, sharing for our offering today, uh, mother-daughter combos today, so that's really awesome. But before we do that, we're going to continue with um, a series we started last week called uh, Romans Backwards. Uh, first of all, i got to say happy uh, Mother's Day to my wife, Dessa, wherever she is. She's somewhere here, probably. She's in the back. She is uh, back home. She wasn't here last, uh, I, I mentioned last week, she is out of town uh, visiting her mom. So happy Mother's Day, honey, wherever you are. Um, I'm really grateful for you. You're an amazing, amazing mom. And it's not just all that you do for us when you're out of town for a couple weeks. We are reminded of all that you do for us. Uh, but it's just who you are. Uh, and it was cool because every every day, you know, I'm, I'm talking with the kids, but I'm still not talking with the kids as much as she is, even though she's in Colorado, you know, because she would spend a good chunk of time every day on the phone with each one of the kids. And, you know, there's certain stuff they they don't want to talk to me about. You know, they want to talk to mom, or they talk to me about it, but it's not quite sufficient until they talk to mom because there's something about talking to, to moms and talking to my wife, Dustin. She's amazing. Really uh, want to wish my mom a happy Mother's Day. Really so grateful for her. Uh, so grateful for the faith that she passed on to me and uh, for her sacrifice. It's great. She's uh, she's fully vaccinated. She was a really high risk uh, category. So um, it's great that she's vaccinated uh, and uh, great that I'm vaccinated. We get to see each other actually in a couple months, a month and a half. We get to go visit her in New Jersey. So we're really excited about that. And happy Mother's Day to my mother-in-law. I know she's watching today. She is recovering from surgery like a champ. And uh, so really grateful for you as well and the mom that you are to me. And uh, you're an amazing woman as well. So uh, uh, a couple of people have asked me how it went with Cora's driving test. I shared about Cora having a driving test. Um, so her driving test was scheduled for uh, Tuesday. So the way it worked out is uh, she took the test, the written test, back in November, November 4th. And then they say you have six months till you can take the driving portion. So, you know, November, okay, December, January, February, March, April, May, oh, May 4th. Oh, cool. So it's going to be Star Wars Day, right? She gets to take her her, uh, her driving test on May 4th. May the 4th be with you, honey, you know? And uh, so we went real early. She had an 8 o'clock appointment. We went there to the DMV on Tuesday. Of course, Dustin was still out of town. And we get to the front of the line, and the woman looks at her paperwork, and she goes, oh, you're one day early. She says, uh, you know, you have to wait six months. Today's May 4th. So it's six months tomorrow because you took the written test on November 4th. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, really? Okay. <laughs> so I have to say that, you know, I had a little bit, I want to confess, a little bit of a contemptuous attitude towards the DMV as a whole. You know, those people at the DMV, you know, like, I went there in my heart, guys. I'm just confessing. And, uh, you know, this is not, this doesn't make any sense. Uh, and, and, and I share that because, so, so Cora hasn't had her driving test yet. She had to reschedule it. And it might have been for the best because she's actually uh, suffering from uh, a concussion. And uh, so she has concussion symptoms. So it might have not been best for her to be taking a driving test like that anyway. She really wanted to do it. but uh, So maybe it was the Holy Spirit. But, but I say that because we all have moments where we might have a little bit of a contemptuous attitude towards uh, somebody else or... Uh, might might be like oh I you know I can't imagine what it's like to think that way or I can't imagine what it's like to have that perspective 
And we're going to be talking about that today because in Romans, in, in the church in Rome, you just had different kinds of people that came at things from different perspectives. We talked a little bit about those uh, those different groups there last week, but we're going to be talking about it uh, more today, kind of digging into what some of the, the issues were that they had. And uh, last week we looked at Romans 16 and a little bit of 15. Today we're going to be looking at 14 and kind of the rest of 15. Uh, but uh, the, the title of my lesson today is uh, Around the Table. And, uh, you know, hopefully at some point today you're going to have a Mother's Day uh, meal with if, you, if your mother is local or if you are a mom. And, 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 and so we're going to talk about kind of that image of being around the table of fellowship, around the table of family. Um, where we left off last week was, uh, I, I didn't share this, but uh, Romans 16, 16, it says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I didn't get to talk about that last week, but if you didn't know, that's where our church gets its name, the Church of Christ. Uh, we come from a, a, a stream of, of churches, a stream of thought called the Restoration Movement. And the idea was a unity movement uh, all the way back, not long after our country was founded. In fact, the Church of Christ, the, the Restoration Movement is the first uh, religious movement on American soil. Uh, for, for after the, the, the newly formed country. And the idea was, let's call people out of these different denominations and let's just get back to being a simple Christian, just being a, a, just the Bible, the Bible only, and only Bible things. And they had slogans like, like that, like, we're Christians, but not the only Christians. We're only Christians, but not the only Christians. Like, we don't, we don't want to have all these fancy creeds and fancy denominations. And it's kind of a popular idea nowadays. You know, there's a lot of churches that say, oh, we, we're non-denominational, we're just kind of, we just want to follow Jesus. That, that was new back then, to not be denominational, but to be yep. a unity movement. And so that's where we come from, if you don't know that. Our, our fellowship of churches comes out of that history, that heritage uh, of, of unity, of bringing people together. But you know what's happened in, since that founding is the Church of Christ has split many, many times and has you know, had these divisions and, and even churches split over things like, well, the Bible says... You know, Jesus took the cup and he gave it to them. So we should only have one cup at church. We should all share that one cup. Because that's what Jesus only had one cup. He didn't have a bunch of cups, guys. And then other people are like, no, 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 it's really okay. I mean, we can have multiple cups. I mean, you know, it, you know, he wasn't saying you're only allowed to have one cup. No, 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 we have to split the church. And so churches literally split over that, you know, over one the one cuppers or the multi-cuppers, you know. Uh, and, and so, unfortunately, Christianity has this this this... Uh, kind of a, a trend of splitting over things or dividing over things. And, uh, and it always takes work to, to stay together and to keep together, especially when you feel differently about things. And that's what was happening in the church in Rome. As I shared about last week, uh, the church in Rome was started with Jewish believers who uh, were from Rome or who, who went, somehow heard about Jesus and ended up back in Rome. They believed uh, Jesus was the Messiah but they still were Jewish and very identified with their, their culture and their, uh, their ethnicity and their faith of Jewish faith. And so Jesus, they saw as the, the ultimate um, fulfillment of that faith, but they still practiced their Judaism. Uh, and, and that's who started the church there. We looked a little bit at last week, the name of the couple maybe that started it even. And Priscilla and Aquila were, were one of those early couples, most likely, there in the church. But then they all got kicked out of Rome by Claudius in 57 AD. And, and that left the Gentile believers who had become Christians 
uh, from their witness and from their message. So then with the, the Jewish people out, now the Gentiles are, are having their own church. And the church isn't like this. It's, it's just in homes. It's, I mean, the, the largest gathering might have been 30 people or something. Uh, however many people could fit in a Roman home or a courtyard of that home or whatever. Um, so they're gathering in these house churches all over Rome, but it's all just Gentiles now because the Jews have been kicked out. And so it takes on more of a Gentile flavor. There's none of the, the Judaism. There's none of those traditions. But then the Jews return. They're allowed to return under Nero, and now the church is different. And so there, some issues come up over, like, what do we even, how do we think about food? Because for the, the Jews, there's all these laws in the Old Testament about cleanliness and, and ceremonial uh, laws. And those, those were, there were different reasons I won't go into today for those laws, but two reasons is, one, to, to, to help them understand that they were different from the nations around them. So the way they ate was even very different. And they ate very different things, and they weren't allowed to eat a lot of things that the nations around them ate. Another reason that they had these laws was just to remind them that, hey, you can't just walk into the temple. You need to be ceremonial clean. Uh, clean. You, there, there's something about us that needs to be cleansed before we approach God. And that's an important concept that gets carried on into the New Testament. So the new believers believe that Jesus has made us clean. Jesus even told his followers that in Mark, you're clean because I've made you clean. And in Acts, we see that even food he makes clean, he declares food clean. So the Gentile believers are like, yeah, that, that, those laws, we don't need those anymore. Those don't really matter. But to the Jewish people, these things still really matter. And, and, and so this uh, this, this becomes an issue for the church there. And so there's two categories of, of people that Paul talks about throughout Romans, the weak and the strong. The weak and the strong. For example, in Romans 15:1, it says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves, Romans 15:1. So there's these two categories, and these are, are used throughout the book of, of Romans. So the, here, here's roughly who those categories are. The weak are... Are, and, and I'll explain what weak and strong kind of mean. The, the, the weak and, when we think of like weak, weak Christian, what do you think of? Somebody who like kind of barely shows up, right? They might have a quiet time once in a while. They're, you know, they're, they're struggling with sin all the time. Uh, I don't know. You know, that maybe what comes to mind to think of a weak Christian or a strong Christian. Oh man, they're committed. They're, they're in their Bible. They share their faith. They're, they, they give their contribution, you know. That's not what Paul's talking about when he talks about weak and strong. The, the word even um, in Greek is, is from the, the, the root word dunamis, which is like ha- power. You know, we get dynamite from that. The power that rose Jesus from the dead, that's dunamis. And, and so weak and strong is with power or without power. So it's, there's something about power, people who have power or control or people who don't have the power or control right now. And then there's also the, the, the aspect of faith. So, so Paul, when, when he says the weak, he's talking about the Jewish believers, even though he's a Jew, he's talking about the Jewish believers. They aren't the ones in power right now. And they have, in his view, a weaker view of their faith where they're still trying to practice Judaism. And Paul's like, you don't need to do that stuff anymore. So that's, when he's talking about the weak, he's talking about the, the mostly Jewish believers who uh, they believe, they, 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 they are proud of themselves. They're proud of their heritage. They're proud of that. They've come from the covenant of Abraham. They're descended directly, and so they're kind of putting their hope in that and, and those things. They're, they're proud of their election and being the chosen race. And so Paul kind of sees that as making their, their faith weak because they're not, it's not their identity wholly in Christ. And then when he talks about the strong, those are the people who uh, are the mostly Gentile believers. They're in higher positions in Roman society. The Jews were kind of on the bottom of Roman society, especially in Rome. 
There were exceptions, of course, but uh, so you know they're a little bit higher on the strata. When he when he even calls them strong, he's talking about okay, they're strong in that they trust in Jesus, but there's also maybe a little bit of sarcasm in that you're in positions of power. So he has strong words for the strong, and he has strong words for the weak. Throughout Romans, he he goes back and forth between these two groups. So this idea of starting with the end of Romans is help. It, it helps you when you then read through Romans to go. Okay, I see. Now he's talking to the strong. Okay, now he's talking to the weak. And you get more out of what Paul is trying to say. And, and you'll see that today of, of kind of how, how, we, uh, how we can learn from their example. Here's a quote from the book that uh, I've been reading called Reading Romans Backwards that the, the title of the series comes from. It's by a, a New Testament scholar named Scott McKnight. He says, Ethnicity then is at the heart of both the tension in Rome and the gospel message itself. One's theology and one's ethnicity cannot be segregated, and neither can one's ethnicity and one's identity be separated. So in other words, we are who we are, and and we all should feel great about who we are. Paul is not saying you should feel bad about who you are. You are who God made you, and you should be proud of that, but your pride should come from God and not from these other kind of things that that, that both groups were taking pride in. The, the Roman ones were taking pride in their kind of status in society. The Jewish ones were taking pride in their, uh, you know, being the chosen race. And, and Paul's point is, no, 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 like, like that's not what it's all about, right? It's about God and, and his grace. And so that's where, where he's going to go to that a lot in Romans. But for us today, all of us have some kind of cultural context. We have some family of origin. We have some way that we grew up and the way that we think. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I grew up. I was born in Florida. I grew up in Colorado, as I mentioned last week. I've been here 30 years, but I still kind of think like a Coloradan. You know, after being here a long time, I think more like a Californian. There was things that when I first moved here, I thought, that is weird. Like, I thought it was weird when I first moved here. In Colorado, people, you get a a crack in your windshield, and you just never fix it because it's just going to get cracked again. Like, the minute you fix it, you drive it, and then it's cracked again because that's just how it is driving around Colorado. And so everybody has a cracked windshield. People drive cars into the ground. They drive cars forever. So we moved here, and we were living in an apartment that cost $500 a month. And there would be cars in there, like Mercedes, uh, you know, um, BMWs, rims. You know, in, in this apartment complex that we lived in on, on, on Western and Sepulveda that cost $500 a month to live there. You know, it's like, I don't get that. Like, like, you know, people going into debt to have this incredible car, and then they live in a little apartment. That just didn't make sense. It makes sense in California. That's how people, you know, their car is, and your car lasts here because it's not beat up by the, by the weather like it is in Colorado. Now I don't even notice that anymore. But, you know, there's different things culturally that, that when you're in your culture, you don't notice it. Like if you ask a fish about water, the fish is like, what water? You know, because they're in their culture. But, but when you kind of, it's easy for us to see the flaws maybe in another culture or people who are not like us. And we go, I don't understand that. How do, how do they do it that way? Or, you know. And so that's what was happening in Romans is, is they're looking at the other. Uh, and we all, we all could, could fall into that. You know, even, even age-wise, age I'm 50 now. Just turned 50 in March. So I got, uh, I got my AARP, uh, you know. Uh, I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to apply. So those of you who are members, let me know if it's worth it, you know, uh, to sign up for that. So I got, you know, I got my AARP. I got a few more years before I start getting scooter, uh, you know, oh. motorized scooter uh, ads. But, um, but, uh, but, you know, I need young people in my life. I need a new perspective, you know. I, I needed to, to see how do young people think about things. I'm so grateful for my kids. They're always showing me. 
things. They're like, okay, I was telling Megan about this. You know, she's, uh, I'm so grateful for you. She's helping out with her social media. But, uh, you know, they, they, they have schooled me that if you're looking at somebody's Instagram and you end up looking at some older pictures, never like those. Don't like those old pictures. I mean, everybody kid, everybody young knows this. I, I didn't know this. I would think, oh, I love this picture my daughter posted, you know, two years ago. Then cool, I like it. You know, no, 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 you don't do that. Uh, and that's a, not a really important issue. But there's important issues that the younger people maybe, maybe know about, and we don't. We need each other. So let's uh, let's let's back up to Romans 14, and read a little bit here. I'm gonna say a quick prayer as we open the word. God, please speak to every heart here from your word. Uh, God, please help us to kind of let go of anything in our minds that's keeping us from hearing your word right now. And uh, we want to hear from you. We want your spirit to use us and speak through us uh, to this world. And uh, we want to be spoken to by your word at this time. And I pray that you would communicate how we can be more like, uh, like you through uh, looking at this text today. Thank you for Paul and for writing this and even for what surrounded him writing it. Uh, and it wasn't even what he planned, but you have used it in incredible ways, and we're thankful for that. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, it says in verse 1, Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allow them, allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. The one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will, will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. And he goes on to talk about different days, different seasons, uh, different people have different perspectives on these things. This is where he's talking about those uh, ceremonial laws or those perspectives of, of eating. The Jews, you know, they wanted to make sure they were clean, so, so some of them were like, we just won't even eat any kind of meat because it's safer just to make sure that we're, we're following all the rules. And then other people in the church were like, what, why are you doing that? And there's these two words that he uses consistently with the weak or with the strong. With the strong, he uses the word contempt. Like I talked about at the DMV. Looking, you know, what does contempt look like? Contempt is like maybe rolling your eyes, kind of, And In fact, I want you to turn to your neighbor and, and give your best look at a contemptuous look, a look of contempt. <laughs> it's kind of... It's kind of like, it's kind of like, really? Right, really? Maybe an eye roll. Maybe a just, maybe just a little sigh, like, oh. Yeah, that, I just don't get seeing things like that. That's what the strong were using with the weak. Don't show contempt. Now, with the weak towards the strong, the word he consistently uses is judgmental. It's a little bit different being judgy, judging your, judging yourself. So I want you to give your neighbor now a judgy look. What's a judge, judgmental look? That's a little different, you know, contempt. Contempt is maybe eyes closed. I think judgy is maybe your eyes raised like, oh, really? Wow. Okay. You know, it's a little different, right? But a little similar. And, and so that's what was going on is this contemptuous stuff, this judgmental kind of stuff. And, and he says, uh, you know, in verse 10, let's, I don't think we read that yet. Skip down to verse 10. So after we talk about the different things they're dividing up, he says, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? So that's the judgment side. 
Or why do you treat them with contempt? That's the contempt side. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. As it is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. So, you know, and, and Paul, Paul goes on to say what he thinks about these issues, and he has an opinion about them, but he says the most important thing is let's not allow these things to cause division. Let's not uh, allow us to, to, to cause someone else to stumble or cause some, someone else to struggle. Uh, and so, our, number one, three things I want us to take away from, from our, look, our look into these scriptures here today. Number one is our differences melt away before God's judgment seat. Our differences melt away before God's judgment seat. He says we're all going to have to give an account for God. And you see the rest of Romans. He says, like in Romans 3, there is no difference. All of sin, all fall short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter, you know, your ethnicity, your family of origin, your culture, all those kinds of things. Those are important, but they all melt away before God's judgment seat. We're all the same. We're all in need of a Savior. We're all uh, wired for, for connection. Right? We're all, there's something about all of us that craves eternity. Uh, there's something about all of us that wants significance. That's not a bad thing. It's a good thing God put in us that we want to matter. We want our life to count for something. And so before God's judgment seat, we're all the same. I mean, if, if, it, if there's anything from the last year and a half with, with all the, the death and the, and the struggle and the upheaval and all the stuff we've gone through, it really reminds you of what's, what's significant. I did a, a funeral a couple weeks ago for somebody I didn't even know. And, uh, you know, I'm there with hundreds of people um, and, uh, you know, honoring this person who I, I didn't know that seemed like a, a really great person. But it, just doing that experience was like, wow, all that really matters is faith and family. All that really matters is, is being right with God and who you surround yourself with and, 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 uh, and being on that journey together of following God. That's all that really matters. These petty annoyances, arguing over matters of opinion, they don't really matter. They don't really matter in the big picture, right? So in verse, verse 13, he says, Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another instead of making up your mind not to put a stumbling block or obstacle. So it's a balance. You know, you, you should have convictions. You should have personal opinions about things. That's good and right. But Paul's saying it. Be careful with those. You could even be right in your opinion, but if you hurt somebody else with it, what good is that, right? Uh, it's like a, like a parent. Like you could be, your kid could be totally in the wrong, but if you blast them with your discipline or, if you, you know, you sever the relationship, you know, that's not good, right? You know, you're hurting that relationship. You want to, you want to, yes, you want to make sure that you lead them towards what's right, but you want to keep that relationship along the way. I think that's what he's trying to say. You can completely disagree with someone else, but still respect their dignity. I really believe that. Uh, you can, you can uh, you know, without having the contempt or the judgment, you can say, I completely disagree with you. But I love you. And, and you know, I, I see in you uh, the image of God. Because we're all made in the image of God. And here he says, uh, in verse 15, If your brother or sister is distressed by what you eat, you're no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for who Christ died. Right before this, Paul gives his opinion. He has an opinion, but he says, I'm not going to, you know, force that opinion to where I'm going to hurt somebody else. Do not destroy someone else for who Christ died. Jesus died for that person. So that might be a good question to ask yourself 
before you send an email or a text or you know before you post something on someone else's story or Instagram or whatever, you know, before you kind of have this back and forth, go, okay, am I thinking about this person as this is someone for who Christ died? Is that how I'm feeling right now? Is that how I'm thinking right now? Or am I kind of enjoying the, the jousting, you know? Uh, I think it's important to have this perspective of, of, of being before God. Uh, we leave judgment up to God. He can figure it all out. We have our opinions, but we trust God for the long Amen. run. Amen? I know I'm free. And I proudly thank the men who died that gave that right to me and I proudly stand up next to you and defend her still today. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Amen? And that's good. That's right. But, you know, freedom, Paul is saying freedom is important and you see that in Galatians. You see that in Corinthians. Freedom is important, but it's not as important as the relationship with my brother or sister. Like I'm a, Paul says a lot of places, I am free, but I, I become a slave to win as many as possible. Though I am free, I make myself a servant to others. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to connect with this person where they're at. I'm going to try to connect with this person where they're at. I'm going to try to connect with this person. Right? Doesn't he say that? First Corinthians 9. I allow some of my freedoms to go because I, I want to make sure we have unity. That's more important. It's more important than my personal freedom. And these days, you know, they're arguing about ceremonial things and which day is right and how you should do church and stuff like that. We argue about those things. We also argue about politics. We also argue about, there's all kinds of things we, we argue about. And, and our culture's solution, the cultural solution is tolerance, right? Especially nowadays, tolerance. And even when I say that word, some of you are like, yeah, tolerance. And some of you are like, contempt, right? Tolerance, uh, right? But what, what is tolerance? Tolerance, I would say loosely, is in, in our culture is, I'm not going to bother you, you don't bother me. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life, you don't tell me how to live my life. And, and that's how we have peace. But the thing is, that doesn't really work, nope. right? It doesn't really, and, and it's selfish in its yeah. core. It's like, I don't want you bothering me, so I'm not going to bother you. Whereas the, 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 the way of 
of Christ, the way Paul's describing is not that you don't you don't talk about things. You do talk about things. You do engage. You do share, you know you do exchange ideas. You do say, well, I think that's not right, but you do it with respect and you do it with honoring each other and you and you don't lose the relationship along the way. Paul's saying, I will tell you how to live. I will tell you what I think is right. But I'll do it with respect and I'll protect your dignity and we're brother and sister first. We're brother and sister first. And so there's two words, uh, Greek words that he, he uses that I want to explain what he means. Uh, in ver- in four- way back in 14 verse 1 he says, accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. He uses that word accept. When we hear that word, I think it, we just think of kind of tolerance, right? I, okay, I'll accept it. But it's, it's, it's a deeper word than that. The Greek word there is receive, like welcome. Okay, you're in my circle. It's not like, oh, I accept you from over there. It's, oh, we're around the table together. I accept you. Even though I think differently, I accept you. We're together. We're in the same family. Amen. Even though we, you know, we have a different perspective. Uh, and another, another word that's interesting here is in, in, if you skip over to chapter 15, in verse 1, he says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. These are both, he's, they're both aimed at the strong, but I think it's both strong and weak. Uh, and, and, and it sounds, the way we hear that in the English, you know, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. It sounds like, oh, you poor people. Okay, I'll put up with you. I'll bear with you. Right? That's what it sounds like. But, but it, first of all, the strong and weak are not like, I'm a, weak, I'm a strong and you're weak. It's, it, these are different ways of viewing things. It's who has the power, who doesn't have the power. Yeah. We who have the power shouldn't, we should be patient with those who don't have the power right yeah. now. Uh, and then bear with, when we hear bear with, the, the word with isn't in the, the Greek. But when we hear bear with, we kind of think, okay, I, like you are annoying me so bad, but I'm just going to wait till it's over. Right? <laughs> But it's the same word that's used for, uh, when Paul elsewhere says, carry another, another one's burden. Carry your brother's burden. Bear, right? You bear it up. Bear with means you're carrying it together. Right? So I, I want to do an illustration. Uh, Ryan Toomey, you're strong. Can you come help me for a second? Come on, Ryan Toomey. Bear with him. He's going to carry everyone. So if I'm trying to... If I'm trying to move this, uh, this is a TV that Sherwin donated for us. If I'm trying to carry this, I can carry it by myself. Here, you try it. You're much stronger than me, but. Curls. All right, so yeah, can you do curls? <laughs> so, so he can do it, but when it says bear with, that's, there's a strap over there. That's bear with. Okay, so now we, we got it together. It's like, okay, I, I got you, you know, right? That's what bear with means. It doesn't mean like, you're annoying, stay over there. It's, oh, oh, I see you have a burden. Let me help that. Tell me about the burden. How can I advocate for you? Thanks, brother. You're awesome. All right, I got it. So that's what that, that word means. And, and who does that remind you of? Who does that for us? Who bears? Jesus, right? So the third thing is unity is found in the way of the cross. Look at the next verse. We who are strong ought to bear with the families of the weak, not to please ourselves. Verse 2, each of us should please our neighbor for their good to build them up. Romans 15, 3, for even Christ did not please himself, but it is written, the insults of those who you insult, insult you have fallen on me. Paul's saying it wasn't fair for Jesus. Jesus didn't deserve to go through what he went through, did he? 
Jesus took our burdens, all of our burdens. And in so doing, he met us where we are in our fallen humanity, and he carried our burdens. Though he was rich, he became poor, Paul says elsewhere. How do we do that? That seems so hard. Look down in verse 5. It says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, again, again, receive, welcome, be together around the table. Just as Christ accepted you, he brought you close. He, he, you didn't deserve for him to be your friend, right? But he brought, he accepted you in order to bring praise to God. So who does this, who, who, who's going to give us what we need to be who we need to be? It's like overwhelming, right? People, it's a lot easier just to be with people that think like you. Yep. It's a lot easier to just go, I am only going to hang out with everybody who thinks like me. Yep. Right? That's easier. But that's not better. It's not better. It's not better for you. It's not better for the world. It's not better for our community. It's not better for the kingdom. And so it, it can be, people can be stressful. People can be overwhelming. It can be difficult. But it says God gives endurance. God gives encouragement in verse 5. God's the one that's going to supply your needs. Jesus wasn't filled up by the guys he was leading. They, 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 they fell asleep on him the night he's going to his death. That's pretty bad. You know what I mean? That's pretty that's pretty bad. If the night I died, my best friends were like, I just can't stay awake. I don't know. I'm just sleeping. Man, that, that's, that's rough. Another best friend, he said he didn't even know who he is. I don't even know that guy. Jesus, what are you talking about? Right? But, but who filled him up? God filled him up. God, it says, he, in, he, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly so that he could bear our, our sins on the tree in, in Rome, uh, Peter, 1 Peter 2. He entrusted himself to God. God will give us what we need when we keep going to Jesus, keep going back to him. Uh, and I know for myself, I have so far to go in being like Jesus. But you know when I know is when I'm in conflict. You know what I mean? It's easy to say these things. It's easy to preach these things when everything's going well. When I'm in conflict, when, I, when somebody really, it, it, either I'm tempted with being contemptuous or judgmental, that's when I go, oh, I got a ways to go. Like, okay, this is a test for me. And maybe you're in a test like that. Maybe everything's going great for you. But I just encourage you, next time you're in a, a, a struggle or a, a test, maybe it's somebody at work, maybe it's your own spouse, maybe it's your kid, maybe it's today at the dinner table, right, where you're just like, oh, you know, okay, this is a chance for me to be like Jesus. This is a chance for me to flex these muscles, to try to be more like Jesus. It's in times of suffering and hardship and conflict, something I don't like, something where I'm stretched, that's where I get to... Be more like Jesus when I'm out of my comfort zone. Yep. Uh, uh, and, and so, you know, Paul, Paul knew there was tension in the church. He knew there was issues, but he wasn't content to go, okay, let's just have a Roman, you know, let's just have a Roman Greek church over there, the Gentile church, and let's have just a Jewish church. It's easier that way. No, 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 no. So the whole book of Romans is all about accepting each other, figuring out what, what do the Jews think like, what do the Gentiles think like? And so the whole book, you just see it. He goes back and forth. This group, now this group, now this group, now this group, now this group. Because he, he wasn't willing to accept a lack of unity. We want unity and diversity. And last thing is our unity and diversity is our witness to the world. There you go. Yeah. Come on, Brian. That's our, that's, what, didn't Jesus say, how will they know they're Christians? Yep. By their love. How do you show love? Can you do that all by yourself? No. No, no it's through the relationships we have with each other. And you know what shows more love is relationships with people who aren't like you at all. It's easy to get along with people who grew up just like you or have a very, very similar family of origin story. 
It's harder to get along with people who are very different from you. But that shows the love of Jesus even more, I would argue. And, uh, you know, Jesus prayed for unity the night of his betrayal. That, that He said, Father, make them one. My, my followers, make them one just as we are one. May they be brought to complete unity, John 17, to let the world know that you love them and love even as you've loved me. Like our witness to the world, the way that we're going to win the world is through our relationships. It's through this, it's this group. It's, it's each other. And uh, just to close out here in verse 14 of, of chapter 15, Paul says, I'm convinced, brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, competent to instruct one another. But, and then he goes on to say, but I've challenged you a little bit here. We have, we know this stuff. We know, we have the Bible. We have everything we need. What we, what, what keeps us from being who we need to be is our own selfishness. It's our own pride. It's our own arrogance. It's, you know, that's what gets in the way. We're, we're full of goodness. We, we know, we have the word. We have all the tools. It's just a matter of, are we willing to be like Jesus? Are we willing to go the way of the cross? Because you can't have unity and diversity without the way of the cross. And so the way of the cross is throughout, throughout uh, the book of Romans. And so when we take communion today here in a little bit, I want you to think about that and, and, and how the way of the cross is what leads us to that, that vision. Uh, in Romans 7, it's not going to be on the screen, but it, it, says, it talks about a, a, a multitude no one could count. And it says they were from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and waving white robes and praising Jesus. That's our destination is a is everybody, all, all kinds of, every kind of people group you can imagine. That's what brings glory to God, and, and that's our future. Uh, I want to close this uh, talk here with uh, sharing a song. This is a song that you, if you've been a part of our church, especially over this last year, you've probably heard so many times that you might hate it now. Uh, but it's, it's actually the whole music on our live stream. Da, 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 da. You guys probably all sing it. And I want to share you where, you, where that came from. Uh, first, I want to, I, I mentioned the Church of Christ thing in, in uh, Romans 16, 16. Another term that's used for the, for the church in the Bible, probably more than that term, is the way. Uh, five times in, in the book of Acts, it's called the way. And I love that term because it, the church isn't just a people that's just here, right? It's a people that's on the move. It's a people that's on the journey. We have a destination, that, that destination of, Rome, of, of Revelation 7 that I just talked about. And so this song, we, when, when we uh, started our website, we needed to have kind of this montage of stuff. You know, Turnwell, who was building our website, was like, what song do you want to use? And I was like, I, I just have this certain thing in my mind. So I wrote a song for this website video that isn't even on there anymore because it's so old. And I wrote words to it and everything just because I, I kind of was getting in the zone of what I wanted it to be. And I want to read you these words. And then, uh, and then we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll sing it for you. Uh, it's called Come Along. It says, Ordinary men and women come together to catch a glimpse of heaven on a search for heaven. What's mine is yours and yours is mine. We'll be together for all time in heaven, up in heaven. Come along, see what we've found. We've got our problems. We've got our ups and downs but we're growing stronger on the way. We need each other if we're going to make it there someday. We want you to see it too, meaning we want the world, we want everybody to come along with us, right? Find a deeper point of view of heaven. See what's in heaven. Open up and look inside. We're all the same. We're built for finding heaven on a search for heaven. 
Come along, see what we found. We've got our problems, we've got our ups and downs, but we're growing stronger on the way. We need each other. We're going to make it there someday. Amen. So I'm going to sing the song with you for you, and I'd love you to sing along with me because you all know it. Uh, let me move this over here. And then we'll have uh, the Toomeys come up and share for communion.
welcome the Toomeys. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.